0: Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky of Break of Day Capital. I talk to leading experts to discuss a wide range of subjects to educate investors on best in class practices to build legacy wealth and positively impact communities. Let's jump in. Everyone, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best. Hey everyone, we have launched the BODC Multifamily Impact Fund. Invest with a trusted operator with a track record of success. Our fund offers diversification, risk mitigation, tax benefits, and stringent acquisition criteria. If you'd like to learn more, Head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to Quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have Joe Fang returning. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Hey, Gary. Good to be back. There's a bunch of topics I want to discuss with you, but the most polarizing I'd say is race. You know, the majority of people are still nervous about where rates are, are going and fear that they'll remain high for a long time. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, as you know, we attend a lot of conferences and the last two or three that I attended, you know, I'm always gauging investment, or I should say investor sentiment and hearing what their concerns are. And absolutely, this whole year, despite the fact that the Fed has been talking about raising rates for a whole year, it just does not seem like they're going to be lent, right? And so, yes, you know, everybody's very nervous about interest rates going up even more and the implications of that, you know, potentially uh, hurting the economy, maybe overdoing it, maybe potentially causing a, a deep recession. But with that in mind, you know, I, I kind of want to take the other side of that uh, sentiment and just offer our audience a little bit of a perspective, zoom out and and have a kind of a big picture perspective, you know, as an investor of over 30 years experience If there's one thing that I've learned is it really pays to be contrarian, right? So if everybody thinks a certain way, you at least want to consider the opposite. And from what I've seen and experienced over many years of investing, it really pays to be contrarian. So if everybody's thinking that despite the Fed raising interest rates from zero to five and a quarter percent, five and a half percent in such a short amount of time, to project that for more of this is generally unlikely right so i would say that we are more towards the end of the rate hikes very close to a pause if not already and probably a lot closer to the start of rate cuts even if that's not being talked about right now
0: yeah it's interesting i was i was hanging out with a bunch of guys last night and talking about different businesses and how that you know consumer spending has fallen off a cliff Some smaller banks are really struggling and going to be struggling a lot more because of retail. There's such a lagging indicators out there of this historical rate increase in such a small amount of time that it's like the calm before the storm somewhat, like
1: the Fed has to do something because things are going to break soon. Let me add more to that. So if you just think about, we talked about sentiment and fading the sentiment, but also it's not just an opinion, right? I mean, it, this all really comes down to math, right? So if you think about the amount of US government debt that is coming due, that has to be refinanced as early as 2024, which is just around the corner. If you simply figure out how much of that US government debt is coming due that needs to be refinanced and multiply by the current Fed funds rate in the you know five and a quarter, five and a half percent range, and then you subtract out, the tax receipts, right? The government's tax revenues, right? What they take in, and then not even get into the entitlements. You know, the the money that the government owes for pensions and social security or various programs that they have to fund that they promise funding for. Just that alone, you know, I've seen estimates anywhere between four to nine trillion dollars of shortfall. So once you figure all this out, then it becomes very simple. Is the Fed gonna have to cut interest rates or are they gonna print money? Or it's very likely they're gonna have to do both, right? So wouldn't you just dig a little bit deeper? And this is not being talked about in mainstream media right now, but if you just Google these numbers and you'll come to the conclusion that, uh uh-oh, it's very unlikely for rates to keep going higher. And in fact, I would not be shocked if there's some kind of a credit event over the next three to six months where the Fed has no choice but to cut. They're not going to. Forecast this. They're not going to tell you this ahead of time. It's going to happen all of a sudden, right? This is kind of like their playbook. Okay. So, anyway, with all that in mind, just keep an eye out for opportunities. Most of us have been to business school. You know, we do the SWOT analysis, right? Wherever there's threats, there's opportunities, right? So, just keep an eye out, work with uh, really good sponsors, and they'll help us navigate through this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fear out there, a lot of people having to put up capital for capital calls. Not the good kind, the bad kind. The good kind is when you're when you're raising for fun. So there is so much fear in the in the marketplace, but with the right operator, with the right deals, there is definitely a opportunity out there.
1: Yeah, if I could just add something else, I was recently at a uh, I had a doctor's conference towards passive investing in L.A. And one of the common things, you know, besides the fear of rates and whatnot, is that there seems to be a lot of interest in diversifying in all kinds of stuff, right? Maybe a little bit of that chasing after the shiny object syndrome. Oh. And it's funny because when I was speaking to the docs and, and, and you know that most doctors after medical school, they usually pick a specialty and then they do their residency and and even their fellowship in some kind of a specialty. And so I said to the doctors, like, this is what you guys are used to. So why would you want to pick an operator sponsor that does a bunch of different things, you know, whether it's involving a bunch of different asset classes or in different markets? I mean, Gary, you know, we focus in just a few markets and it's a lot of work, right? I mean, we want to know our stuff, you know, down to the street level. Like we know street by street, neighborhood by neighborhood. We know exactly what's going on every corner, every block that we're looking in and, it's just like when I see these operators, like, oh yeah, you know, we're in the entire Sun Belt. <laughs> it's like, how do you do that, right? And then to make matters worse, like, okay, now they're raising capital for ATM funds or or RV parks. It's just like, come on, the lack of focus is a for me. It's a it's a red flag. And with that, you know, I think it's a, this is a good learning moment for everybody. Which is like, be careful when you're investing. You know, you really want to invest with a specialist, somebody who's really good at just one or two things, maybe in just one or two markets, because the best operators they can navigate through bad times. They're good doing good times, and they're also very good at doing bad times. Probably the worst thing to do is to over diversify, and sometimes we call that diversification.
0: Love that. I love that. Yeah, as an investor myself, when I've diversified, I've I've gone into trouble. We talk about from our, our team keep underwriting deals, keep building those data points so that even if we're not investing, because this will be close we're constantly looking at deals, constantly on the market and where it's going so that when a deal comes on that works for us, we know right away if it's good or bad. And so really honing in and not having that shiny object syndrome is is so important.
1: Yeah. Gary, so enough about my experience uh, with the recent conferences. Um, I understand that uh, you recently spoke at the uh, IMN in Southern California. Can you talk a little bit about that and what were some of your takeaways?
0: Yes, I attended that one, but I'm actually speaking in the Arizona IMN in, oh, okay. uh, in next month. That'll be my second time. I, I have spoken at the SoCal one a few times, but yeah, there is talk of being cautious. There's talk of opportunity, but people are still investing when they see a good deal. You have to factor in all the different things in your underwriting. There's opportunity in every market, in every cycle. It's just as long as you invest with the right operator and then they're underwriting correctly, there is opportunity out there. The people that have been doing a long time are still taking down deals and you know not being overly aggressive, but there is definitely opportunity and they see it more opportunity coming down down the pipeline.
1: Yeah, yeah. As we get closer to the end of this podcast on sort of the state of the markets and sentiment and, and what's going on, can you maybe tell our audience a little bit about the current lending environment? What are you seeing? Any impact to our portfolio?
0: Yeah, it was interesting. We were looking at a deal in Vegas. We haven't done a deal in Vegas, but we've bid on a bunch of properties and we've been really studying that market. And you know, the lender said, you know, they downgraded that market. So that that was interesting to learn. You know, for our current deal, we probably underwrote 15 different models for all the different opportunities out there. And it's funny. Everyone is, is talking about long-term debt these days, long-term debt, and locking in fixed rate at a very high rate for 5, 7, 10 years. Their business plan might be 3 years. And we've made that mistake before. And many, many other operators made that mistake previously too. You know, We sold a deal a few years ago. We ended up... It was 2x to investors in, in under 2 years. But we had a $2 million prepayment penalty, which was insane. We put... I think I believe we put seven-year debt, and our business plan was five years or less, and that's what a lot of gurus teach you, and a lot of media tells you out there. But you've got to have the correct loan for your business plan, and that's why we're putting on three years fixed on our current deal, and this allows us. We can sell, we can refi. It gives us a lot of opportunities, but we'll we'll save upwards of two million dollars in, in prepayment penalty. So that's really important to understand and. Certain lenders are going backwards too. So you got to make sure we were working on a a HUD deal for a property we bought uh, about two and a half years ago. It's been cash flowing great. And it was a student housing deal that we converted to multifamily. And at the finish line, we're working with HUD and they changed terms on us. So it's going to take a few more months to close. We are getting less proceeds and they want us to do a little bit more work on it. So it's not, Brutal because we have good debt on it now. We're still going to be able to pull out a ton of money, which is great. But certainly, it was a gut punch to go you know, backwards quite a bit at the finish line. So you just got to have to be aware that things are constantly changing and evolving. So you got to work with good lenders that you've worked with before that you know can close and do what they say they're going to do.
1: That's really not that bad. Concerning that there's so much nervousness out there, even with lenders, you know, who are concerned about their liquidity and their solvency, right? So, I mean, especially compared to some of the other sponsors that are issuing capital calls and with low occupancy. And some of them have already lost their properties, you know. So I guess it's all relative. So as a passive investor in many of our deals, I'm just relieved. I'm actually happy. And then if I could just piggyback on what you said about matching the right loan product with the business strategy. Yeah. I mean, putting my LP hat on, I remember several years ago, I was investing with some sponsors that were very adamant about putting on variable rate debt responsibly, you know, with the rate cap, because they didn't want to be stuck up paying a huge prepayment penalty when they're able to exit their deals. You know, they want to have that optionality. And yeah, sure. A lot of the Newbie operators were like, Yeah, we got to put on 10 year fixed debt. That's what the gurus teach, taught, and that's what we're going to go with until they came to go sell the properties and having to pay, you know, two, three million dollars in prepayment penalties and basically blowing up their exit plan or not hitting their projected RR because of that. And so it's funny because now everyone's talking about putting on long term fixed rate debt. I'm like, Well, no, because it's like now it's just for the same reason why people didn't like, you know, variable rate debt a few years ago, and then realizing that that's actually not that bad, or it might even be desirable. Now it's kind of like some of the operators are repeating that same mistake. Before we close out, is there any final words, Gary?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm going to I am MFIN in New York City, I'll be speaking on a panel there. That'll be my third time speaking with MFIN. So I have a discount code if anyone wants called Lipsky, L-I-P-S-K-Y. So definitely come check it out. And it's been an awesome talk with you, talking macro, because it's just so counter to what people are thinking these days and hearing. And like you said, that contrarian thinking has done really well for Warren Buffett and many of the top investors. And I don't think people heed that enough. They just follow others and you know, it's too late. When everyone's going to be jumping in, there's trillions of dollars sitting on, on on the sideline. When when that comes jumping in and everything, it's going to be too late. And they everyone wants a deal. But when there's a deal on the table, they're fearful because yeah. it's contrarian
1: thinking. Very wise words, Gary.
0: Joe, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your knowledge. Really helpful. Hopefully, our listeners out there find it very valuable. This is Gary Lipsky and Joe Fang signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Investor Podcast. Thank you, guys. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe and leave a review as it will help us reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week.